BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Hey, guys, it's me again for a solo special. I'm here at my parents' place in Florida for the foreseeable future right now, and I am going to talk about alcohol today. It was a topic that I've actually had a lot of discussion with over people or with people over DM and text in my regular life and on Freckle Foodie. And I just felt it was a in topic discussion. I don't know if that really makes sense, but like people are talking about it right now. So why not talk about it? Before we dive in, I want to shout out and recognize two small businesses. As I mentioned in my last solo special, I am really hurting for all of the people who are responsible for small businesses. Like my heart just hurts for them because I know how difficult it must be right now. And so I am doing non-paid advertisements in the beginning of my show to recognize some that I love. So I'm actually going to talk about two this week. Really quickly, I want to mention Addison Bay, whose founder, Margie, has actually been a guest on this podcast. I will link that in the show notes. Um, It is my favorite online boutique for athleisure wear and it has all of the best brands like aloe year of hours splits 59 everything and just an incredible selection of product and they also just created their own line called on the go otg with some awesome leggings tops hoodies the whole thing is amazing so check out their website The second small business is someplace that is very near and dear to my heart. You guys know it's like my favorite place in the world, Cedar Lakes Estate. Um, Obviously, they are not able to host their weddings currently, given the circumstances we're all facing, but they actually are also a hotel. So they are open right now. If you live in New York or New Jersey or Pennsylvania or wherever on the East Coast and you're looking for maybe like an escape from your apartment that is still social distancing and quarantined, this is awesome and really a great option. And my parents and I have been saying if we were in New York or New Jersey right now, we would 100% do it because you're able to stay in one of their rooms. You're not interacting with other people. They're bringing food to you. Um, They're taking all the regulations very seriously and you'll have some space to actually like explore the outdoors they also if you're interested have custom candles that they're making right now that you can purchase online so all of that information will be in the show notes now for our episode um 
I did do another like question box on my Instagram. So I'm going to answer all the questions that you guys submitted around the topic of alcohol. I tried to organize it because I'm not used to like having a script going into these shows. And not that I have a script, but even just having questions and prompts kind of throws me off because I go in totally um, unprepared, really. So I kind of am organizing it in the sense of past, um, my evolution with alcohol, my relationship currently, how society is handling it, and then like the nitty gritty of what I like to drink and hangovers. So I want to start by saying that I hope this is not a triggering conversation for anyone who is struggling with an addiction, but if it is, this is a warning. And also the fact that I am not an expert or um, doctor or professional in this field, I'm really just sharing my story and I no way am giving advice on how you should consume alcohol. I want to make that very clear. Um, All right, let's talk about my past. So... The three questions regarding my past were, did you drink in high school and college? Did you ever go to the hospital from drinking? And have you ever blacked out? So I guess we can start from like the way back. I grew up in a house where alcohol was not like put on a pedestal. It was just a norm. So my parents were having drinks with dinner. Um, Like I, I think I was allowed to have drinks with dinner at like a younger age, definitely before I was 21. It was never this thing that I wanted so badly because it was off limits. It was just kind of there and it was, okay, I understand that if I drink too much, you'll get drunk and that's kind of that. And I think it's a really interesting debate over how to parent children with this, but I found that the way my parents did it was very efficient because I never went to parties and seeked out alcohol in such an obsessive manner because it wasn't like it was always off limits for me, if that makes sense. So did I drink in high school and college often? Yes. Um, High school, I I think I probably started. I, I actually remember the first time I drank was freshman year with like a group of girls in my backyard. But yes, by like junior and senior year, we were drinking, not regularly, but like at parties. I also want to say that I'm not like condoning any of this behavior. I totally understand that it was underage drinking. And even the way that I'm about to talk about drinking in college, I'm not saying that this is how you should handle it. Um, But I'm just saying how I did it. And in college, I definitely drank pretty often. Um, Because of lacrosse, we weren't allowed to drink 48 hours before game days. So that meant that we weren't allowed to drink basically on Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays because our games were usually on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Um, But I definitely was drinking. I was in a sorority, so we drank a lot during that time. And I never went to the hospital from drinking, but I absolutely have blacked out. Um, It really makes me cringe to think about how much I used to consume on certain nights in college. It just... I don't understand how that is physically possible knowing my tolerance now, but somehow it was. Um, but I do think it's interesting to note because even though I drank a lot in high school or college and college, I was never, I mean, it has happened, but I wasn't regularly the person that needed to be taken care of or was like too drunk to go to a party or like very sloppy or throwing up. That just was never me because I grew up I don't know. I don't know why, but I I know when I'm drunk and that's kind of when I just like stop. I've never really had the problem of I'm drunk and I keep drinking and reaching for more, which I know a lot of my friends have struggled with. Um, So that's that. But also I think interestingly now I'm just 
kind of piecing these two things together. Because we were forced to not drink certain nights because of lacrosse, but we were still in sororities, I still wanted to go to all the parties because it was what all my friends were doing. So I used to go to parties all the time sober. And I think that that made me extremely comfortable with the concept of being sober around other people drinking and still socializing and not thinking it or not really thinking anything of it because I didn't have the option. Um, And I don't know. I thought, I mean, I still had so much fun the nights I didn't drink. I didn't care. I've never really relied on alcohol to completely change my behavior, which I'm extremely grateful for. So the evolution of my drinking after I graduated from college, obviously I started working in the real world. Um, We were still going out like, you know, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which now I can't even fathom how that was possible. Um, But another thing similar to how I had lacrosse in college, my job at JP Morgan really forced me to call nights early. I was never the person in my group of friends that was like the last one out. I was usually the first one leaving when we would all go out at at like 11 or midnight. I'd pull the plug and be like, I have to go to home because I had to get up at 530 for work. And there were a few times where I went to work like very, very hungover in the beginning of my career and made some really big fuck ups. And it became very clear that that was not a career, that that was something I could do. And I learned my lesson quickly. And so similarly, I was the one that was leaving early and it it was fine. I never really felt anything about it. I was just like, yep, sorry, gotta go people. Like I had fun, but now is my time to leave. I've never been embarrassed to be the one that's like, nope, okay, I'm done here. Like, thanks so much. This has been so much fun, but it's time for me to leave. And it's honestly the thing that Joe and I fight about the most because Joe is the person that is always the last one standing. And it's that balance between the two of us of me wanting to go and him wanting to stay. So fast forward, I definitely was drinking less just because I mean, you're not in college anymore, so you just naturally, I think, progress into drinking less as you're getting older in that time. Um, But I was also the person who, like, right out of college, a lot of the pregames would start at, like, 9 o'clock, and we'd be pregaming in someone's apartment and making, like, shitty mixed drinks in solo cups or ripping shots and then going out and going to a bar or a club until, like, 3, 4 in the morning, and as much as I had fun doing that and I did it for like a two year period, I really was excited for my late twenties when I no longer had to do that. So it was really interesting because I was still going out with all my friends. I was still doing all this, but I vividly remember in that moment being like, this is fun and I'm enjoying myself, but I can't wait until this isn't our norm. And I remember being really excited when we finally were like, over the age of feeling it was required to go out both nights of the weekend because I was just drained on Mondays. And when we finally hit the age where we were like, maybe we don't go out on Fridays also and just go out on Saturdays, I was so excited. And now it's like, I can't even remember. Actually, I have had a few, not now because of what's going on in the world, but there have been some late nights before this, but my social life has drastically changed over the past five years, which I am incredibly grateful for. So with that being said, I definitely had another kind of alteration in my relationship with alcohol after my accident and my concussion. And so someone asked, do you think your relationship with alcohol would have changed if you didn't have another concussion? 
you know, I think I was kind of on that path already where I had been cutting back a little bit. And when I say cutting back, I'm still drinking regularly because someone asked what motivated you to stop drinking. I I haven't stopped drinking. Um, But I, again, I grew up in a house where it was just very normal to have a drink every night. And I remember the first few years out of college, I would drink wine with every meal at home or a cocktail or a beer. And I started to notice that I was drinking every single night. And so I implemented these things called Sober Mondays, where it was like the one night of the week where I wouldn't drink because I didn't find it necessary to go on, you know, a full month every night of drinking. And that being said, my definition of quote unquote drinking, I think is very different than others. And I think this is like the key takeaway of this entire thing is that for me, I am a-okay having like one or two glasses of wine. I don't need to have that like whole bottle or five drinks or I don't drink to get drunk. I drink because I thoroughly enjoy the taste of what I am drinking or the social aspect of it. And the prime example of that is I absolutely despise the taste of Fireball and I despise the taste of whiskey. And if I'm at a bar and someone's like, oh, let's take a Fireball shot or, you know, I forget what the other name of the uh, Jägermeister. There's not a chance in hell I'm doing that because I do not enjoy those things. So why would I ever drink them? And I know people say that about tequila all the time, but they still take tequila shots and that makes no sense to me. I actually love the taste of tequila, so I willingly will take a tequila shot. But that's what I'm trying to get across is that I'm not drinking to get drunk. And I fortunately never have. And I'm it's honestly something I'm very proud of, I guess. But I don't know. I, I just really enjoy the relationship I have with alcohol. So I do think it would have changed because it was heading in that direction. But I think my concussion really sparked a more massive change because that cut out alcohol from my life for like three to four months completely where I was not having anything. And then it really, really tested my re-entry because there were certain things that were triggering. I couldn't have one glass of wine without a migraine the next day. And so I was figuring out what worked for me. And I also, with that, couldn't really be in like loud rooms. And so I didn't really want to go out whether I was drinking or not. But again, because I had felt comfortable in the past being out with people while I was sober or like lightly tipsy and they were hammered, that was fine for me. And it still is fine for me. I mean, there are many nights where I'm hands down the most sober person in the room and it is what it is. I still have a great time. Um, How do you limit your alcohol intake? So usually Mondays, I mean, Mondays are always like a no drinking day for me, but usually I'm trying to like cut back on the amount of weeknights I drink just because I think it's not as necessary as I may have thought it once was. And I think something that's been eye-opening for me, something to practice is giving yourself a number of actual drinks. So not nights, but like call it five. I can have five drinks a week. I'm just using that as an example. I'm not telling you to do that. It's really eye-opening to then realize how quickly you hit that number. And it's a joke because every time you go to the doctor and they're like, how many drinks do you think you have a week? Everyone's like, I don't know, five or six. Like, For most people I talk to that say that answer, it is nowhere near the amount they're actually drinking. And so I think that was the first time I really started to take notice of my alcohol intake and like potentially put limits on it. I think that's a good place to start. And then, you know, right now, someone else asked this during the 
quarantine right now? Like, how are you finding balance? And like, are all rules off? What's going on? For me, I'm in a place, my parents' house in Florida, that usually equates vacation, which usually means we're drinking almost every night. And I started to notice that I'm going to be here for a very long time. And that does not need to be my regular life. And this is me personally. I'm not saying anything ill about anyone else doing that. Um, But for me, what I've done is, okay, I'm not going to drink on quote unquote weeknights and I'm going to enjoy drinks when I want them on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I know that like technically Thursday is not a weeknight, but I'm giving it to myself over Sunday. And that's just how my rules work. Um, And I do think, you know, people have very strong opinions on alcohol, interestingly enough, especially in the health and wellness space. And that's why I opened up, I wrote a blog post on my relationship with alcohol that I'll link in the show notes. And I think it was, well, I I don't think, I know. I wrote it because I saw all these wellness influencers that were either saying they were sober or like never drank and then everyone else. And so it was either talked about in the sense of I'm not drinking or it wasn't discussed. And there wasn't much discussion over like, yeah, I drink and I still consider myself healthy and I'm a wellness influencer and I still go out clubbing, all of that. And so I felt like that's where I belonged and I wanted to create that voice for myself and anyone else who also felt that way. And I think it's starting to grow more and I love that. But I also think that some people are potentially demonizing alcohol right now. And in no way am I saying it's a crutch to get through the emotions that we're feeling given coronavirus. But I also think it's okay for people to still consume alcohol they, the way that they choose to, because really it's a personal decision. Um, so regarding that, relationship with alcohol, how to distinguish alcohol as a stress reliever and a fun thing or a fun thing versus a coping mechanism and how do you use it in a positive way versus a clutch. So as I've mentioned throughout this, not interview because I'm basically talking to myself in the corner of my room, um, but I never really felt like I needed alcohol to socialize, which I feel extremely grateful for. And I similarly have been very aware of the way I turn to alcohol. And so I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you all. There are a hundred percent nights where I'm like, I'm in a fucking bad mood. I had a shit day. I just need a drink and I'm having a glass of wine and that, you know what? That's fine. That's reality. And that's the life I live and I've chosen to live. But on a regular basis, I really try to be aware of why I'm turning to have that drink. So am I having a glass of wine because I love the taste of wine and I think it pairs really well with the meal I'm having, which also is a huge thing for me. A drink, whether it be a beer, wine, cocktail, like for me, it's an extension of my meal. And so when I'm planning a meal, I'm also thinking about like what I would consume with it because like I said, I actually enjoy the taste. Um, So is that why I'm turning to an alcoholic beverage? Because I I really want to enjoy it with my meal and I think it pairs well. Or do I want to like enjoy a bottle of wine on the couch with my husband and watch a movie and all of that? And that's also fine. Um, Do I want to, you know, like, I don't want to say let loose because I don't need it to do that. But, you know, if I'm going out some nights, like some nights it just it brings a different energy. I'm not going to like lie to you. I'm sorry. It does. Um, but I catch myself in the times where I am like, I need this for my mental health. 
that is when I try to not turn to it. So I know I said that it happens every once in a blue moon, but for the majority of the time, if I'm turning to a drink because I'm anxious and I need to like, quote unquote, take the edge off, or I need it to cope with something that I'm dealing with, or I need it to sleep, like all of those things, that's when I will try not to drink because I don't think that that encourages a healthy relationship and I don't want to be leaning on a substance or using it as a crutch. And that is my personal opinion. So for me, I really, I honestly do think about it every time I'm going for a drink. It's okay, well, why do I really want this? And if it's a night that I am drinking, if I'm going for the next glass, I still ask myself that a lot, actually. And maybe that's why I'm not the one that's like blacking out all the time. Um, society. How do you handle friends? Well, that's just what I like subject titled this subject. How do you handle friends who insist on you been drinking more? There is nothing more fucking annoying than people pressuring you to drink or getting mad at you for not drinking. It bothers me so much. And it has honestly forced me to assess many of relationships I have in my life. For me, I will tell you, and I sincerely I believe this and I've watched it happen. People are uncomfortable by you not drinking because they are not comfortable with their own drinking habits. And I really mean that. I am someone who, if I want to have a drink and someone is with me and they don't feel like drinking, that is fucking fine. I will never in a million years say to them, well, why aren't you drinking? Come on, have a drink with me. Oh, come on. Like, who am I to decide what they want to do? And also, I don't need them to drink for me to feel comfortable having a drink because I'm comfortable with my decision to drink. And I think it's so evident in the people that harass you over this and like make it into a big deal that they are so uncomfortable with their relationship on alcohol. And I'm not trying to like shit on those people, but I've watched it happen to me so many times that it has now become so obvious. The people in my life who don't care that I'm not drinking have a comfortable relationship with their alcohol. And the people who think it's like, almost an insult to them, have a very clear, not great relationship with alcohol. So the way I handle it, honestly, is if someone's giving me shit like, oh, come on, drink more, drink more. I'm like, I listen, I'm not telling you not to drink. I'm just good now. So you keep doing your thing and I'm going to keep doing mine. And I've said that so many times. And if friends are insisting on you binge drinking more, they A, need to like really check their own behavior because binge drinking is not something that we should be like encouraging people to do. Um, but I would just continue to remind them like, listen, I don't want to. And I'm fine doing what I'm doing. And you're fine doing what you're doing. I'm still going to hang out with you. We're still going to have fun. But you need to just like stop and have a serious conversation with them when you're not in the moment and the heat of things. I've sat down many of people and said, I get really uncomfortable by the way you make me feel when I'm not drinking. It's my decision. And it really, it it doesn't need to be further than that. It's my decision to do what I want to do. And you just have to accept it. Because in reality, you're not affecting them in any way, in any way. You're just affecting how you decide to live your life. Um, And then how do you encourage relationships and socialization outside? Oh, also, sorry. If you are someone that encourages people like that and you give them shit and like blatantly peer pressure them in public settings, please stop because it's really annoying. And it's also just rude. Sorry, I just went off, popped off a little bit. Um, how to encourage relationships and socialization socialization outside of bars and drinking. 
This is another big thing for me that I feel I've worked on over the past few years, um, especially like during my accident recovery time and when I was kind of reintroducing alcohol. I was trying to find ways to like spend time with people that wasn't totally focused on going out to bars. And I honestly had this conversation with Joe many of times where I'm like, I feel as if we either go out and like get drunk at a bar with friends or we sit on the couch and have a date night. And I want to leave the apartment with you and have fun and do things that don't focus on like being in a dark bar and drinking. So you have to have the conversation with the people that you want to spend time with and openly say, I'm looking for ways to spend time with you that aren't solely focused on going out and drinking. And hopefully you guys can brainstorm some things, but things that have worked for me, for girlfriends especially, um, is workout classes. Like we'll go out to a workout class and then we'll get a casual dinner or we'll go out on a weekend and get brunch afterwards. Um, That has been big for me because most of my friends are into the same workouts I'm doing. It's fun to like do something together and then hang out afterwards. I also think... Going There's so many like wellness events, quote unquote, in New York City. And if you're looking for people that are feeling the same way you are about alcohol or socializing or just general lifestyle, I think it's a great place to potentially meet people and like make new friends because maybe the friends you're spending all your time with and say they're from college and, you know, they have different ideas of a fun night than you do, maybe you need to branch out and make some new friends. And that's fine. It doesn't mean you have to stop being friends with those people, but you just have different friends for different purposes. And each friend serves a different purpose. And that is 100% okay. And so I think having the conversation, thinking, like brainstorming ways on your own of what are fun ways to do, like, you know, whether you're going on like a walking tour, a walking food tour of a specific neighborhood in whatever city you live in, or going on hikes, or going to a workout class, like spending time outdoors. There's so much to do that doesn't focus on alcohol, although I know living in specifically New York, it's really hard to find those things personally, because it feels like everything is surrounded around drinking, but they do exist, and So I think having the quote unquote hard conversations with those people is really important. And now to close, um, people had like specifics of my favorite drinks. So as I said, I really love the taste of certain alcohols. And so for me, I'm a big seasonal drinker. So I do this by season. So if it's the fall, I love beer. And honestly, the most frustrating thing about my gluten intolerance is that I can't have like crisp IPAs as much as I would like. Um, I do like certain gluten-free beers. Omission is my favorite, but like there's nothing better than a draft IPA. Um, So that's big for me in the fall, as well as like that's kind of when my Tito's Dirty Martini season start. And then winter, I stay with my Tito's Dirty Martini. Sometimes I'll do bourbon on the rocks with a twist, but that's also red wine season for me. Spring is when tequila comes back into my life. And so I'm big on like tequila, soda, splash of grapefruit and lime. So a Paloma, if you will, or a um, vodka mojito. So like cucumber, mint, and lime, and club soda, and vodka, and also white wine. And then those are kind of my summer drinks also. Shockingly, I like don't like rosé. I don't not like it. I will have a glass, but I never order rosé. I know that's wild to everyone, especially my mom and Joe who love rosé, but it's just, I don't know, it's not my thing. So those are my go-to drinks. 
Do you get anxious hangovers? Yes. Literally one of the main reasons I stopped drinking so heavily post-college. My hangovers are basically just anxiety attacks. And so for me, it was a clear trigger. And when my anxiety was really bad, that's when it also led me to like cut back on drinking and really just assess how much I was drinking. And so absolutely, I get very anxious hangovers. What do I do when I'm hungover? Um, You know what varies? I know most people like really crave greasy food. I actually crave like hearty whole foods. So like a big bowl of oatmeal with like granola, almond and peanut butter is what I want when I wake up with like a massive freaking coffee. Um, And then like some form of pasta for lunch or dinner. And honestly, I just drink so much water and liquid IV. And I wish there was a cure, but no one has a freaking cure for hangover. So that's just how I deal with them. And which alcohols do you find don't give you a hangover? My grandma always said, it's not the alcohol that's giving you a hangover, it's the mixers. And I agree to a certain extent. Obviously, if you drink enough of any alcohol alone, you're going to get a hangover, but really it is the mixers. So if you're going out and you're getting all these like fancy sugary cocktails, a lot of that is going to lead to a faster hangover than if you're drinking something simple like I mentioned. So if I'm sticking to like dirty martinis or, you know, like tequila, club soda, splash of grapefruit or splash of something, typically I'm okay because I know my limits, but not always. Um, That's it. Those are all the questions you guys submitted. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I'm always interested to talk more about this topic. So if you listen to this and you want to continue the conversation, send me a DM, send me an email. I respond to honestly everything I get. So don't be afraid. I love conversation. Also, if you are enjoying these like solo specials, please let me know because I want to try and keep doing them maybe like every other week during this coronavirus quarantine, but I also don't want to like waste anyone's time if people aren't enjoying them. And lastly, I know I don't ask this often, but because it's just me here, if you are a listener to this podcast, whether it's every Friday and now every other Wednesday, or you're new and you enjoyed it, whatever, I would so appreciate if you had the time to rate and or review the show. It really helps. And it also just really brings a huge smile to my face. So that is all for me. Please stay safe and healthy. And I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie. 